You're listening to The Parking Podcast. Views and opinions are my own. This episode is brought to you by Parker Technology, the customer experience solution of choice in the parking industry. Parker's solution puts a virtual ambassador in every lane to help parking guests pay and get on their way in under a minute. Parker helps capture revenue, provides better customer service, enables your staff to focus on other on-site tasks, and keeps traffic moving, all according to your business rules. With the Parker solution, you'll also enjoy access to real-time call data and recordings. Learn more at helpmeparker.com slash parkingpodcast. The Parking Podcast is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, the world's largest association for professionals in parking, mobility, and transportation. Learn more at parking-mobility.org. Welcome back to another episode of the Parking Podcast. With us today is Ryan Givens, Account Executive at Parker Technology. How are you doing today, Ryan? Doing great, thank you. How about yourself? I'm good. If you listened to the podcast before, do you know what my next question is going to be? Holly, how did I get into parking? <laughs> how did you get into parking, right? Yeah, I, I grew up, you know, I was always into cars and transportation and everything like that. And when I went in the Marine Corps, I selected to be a transportation officer. And when I got out of the Marine Corps, you know, I, I didn't, I was living in the Raleigh area, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Went into new home sales, was doing that for several years, worked for a uh, small, small um, builder. And because I got to work with blueprints and stuff like that, and I, I just was like, man, I, this is not for me. And there was an opening at NC State University in their transportation department. And they were looking for a facility slash parking planner. And not only did you need to have that transportation background, they were looking for somebody that knew how to read blueprints and everything. So it sounded like it was made for me. I applied for it, uh, was selected, started at NC State. And here I am 15 years later, still doing it. Yeah. When I was looking at your uh, your resume, your LinkedIn, I, I I thought that was pretty cool that even though you're in the military, you were in transportation, logistics. So it's like it always been a part of you and that everything up to what you're doing now kind of led up to the knowledge and experience that you had today. So of course, now you're with Parker uh, Technology, a big supporter of the podcast as a platinum sponsor. Thank you, Parker Technology. So Tell us what's going on now with Parker Technology. Oh, a lot. You know, I joined almost two years ago. And since then, we've grown in terms of our API functionality with Flash, Tiba, and Amano One. We're talking to other companies about API integrations. One of the things we, uh, big initiatives last year was mobile endpoint. And what that is, is most people know us as helping in gated facilities. But we also have the ability to help customers in non-gated facilities and on-street parking. And probably one of the bigger things is we've rebranded. So many people knew us as Help Me Parker, even though we're Parker Technology. So with the rebranding of new logo and really making people understand that while we do have a call center, it's really our platform and our process. So for example... A customer can use our platform to take help calls and they don't even have to use our call center service. And many people don't know that. So we're really our rebranding is just making sure people understand that that's a option and that we're really a IT hmm. company that provides call center service. We're not a call center company. Yeah. And I really like kind of the new branding, new logos, uh, 
of course, we've had Heidi on the podcast. I know she does a great job, but really cool to see uh, the new branding. And you're right. I think uh, it's helped me understand more about what Parker Technology does. So, um, and what's it like working for uh, for Brian? Uh, he's been on the podcast, big fan of Brian. He's been a mentor of mine. What's it like working day to day with him? Yeah, it's great. Can't say enough. I was actually a Parker customer at Penn State. Really had the opportunity to get to know Brian, Scott, Heidi, and Tammy. You know, not only is it a great service, it's a great company. They're great people. You know, there's a real culture, positive culture, values, and just, you know, it's really like a a world-class team where everybody cares about each other. Everybody's pulling for each other to succeed. And it's just, you know, it's two years and it doesn't even seem that long. It's just, it's absolutely great. Can't, can't say enough about Brian and just everybody. Yeah. And we've talked about that. No one, you were looking for the job years ago or when you set it on Parker, you talked about how important a uh, culture is and working with the team and that military background as well, band of brothers type of uh, culture. I, uh, I actually recently, uh, last month went to my brother-in-law graduated from West Point and that was so cool to see like just how in sync they are with their marching, even for the graduation and their drills and, um, uh, you know, I just think, um, how important that is even when you're looking for companies or wanting to work with companies. And I know you were a customer of Parker and that helped you kind of know about the team and culture, but anything you want to add about that as far as how important that is to you and you're looking for, uh, for work. Yeah. So, in, you know, I, I grew up, I had some great role models, uh, you know, just to grow up and be a, you know, a good person and, you know, try to always do the right thing. And, you know, you go in the Marine Corps and, you know, it's honor, courage, and commitment. And those aren't just words. So culture is always important. And, you know, leaders, we can influence it to make it positive or unfortunately, you know, it can go negative. But one of the things that really stands out is you're in an organization when you're in a leadership role, maybe you've come in and the culture is already positive and you're working on expounding upon that. Or perhaps it's not where it needs to be. And, you know, you get people on board and you get it to be a positive culture. And when you're in a positive culture, it's not that you take it for granted, but because you're in it, you, you, you sort of lose focus on it in terms of, you know, you're not thinking every day like, hey, what, you know, what's the culture or what are all these things going on? And then when you maybe move to an opportunity that you think, is going to be similar, you know, what you're looking for, but you get in it and you find that something's off and it's not what you think it's going to be. You try to put your finger on like, what is it? What's different here that it's not as rewarding. And, you know, I had a situation where it just wasn't working and it gives you, you know, and then there was a sort of a, I'll call it a, a, a bump in the road, but you know, those bump in the roads, especially when, uh, you know, it gives you an unexpected result is taking a step back and, and people should do this. Leaders should do this even in their own organizations. Sometimes it's taking a step back and really thinking about it again. What is it that's important to you? What are you looking for? 
what won't you compromise? Meaning like, hey, my next opportunity, it has to have this, this, or this. And then looking for that. And so when I had to make a change, when I knew things were going different, you know, Brian was one of the first people I reached out to. And he and I stayed in touch every two, three weeks for almost six months. We had a lot of in-depth conversations about stuff. I was telling my wife, hey, Parker's where I want to go next. You know, I knew, like I mentioned earlier, I knew them. I knew what their company was about, not just the service, but like what they were about as people, as a team, putting customers first. And, you know, Brian and I were having a conversation and I told him straight up, I would be proud to wear the Parker logo. And that was genuine and sincere. And Mm. I think as a leader, when you're in an organization, you know, you're always going to have people that are going to do their job no matter what, because that's just the way they're wired. You have some people, no matter how hard you try, they're not going to be. But for the mass, the, the majority of the people, you want them to be proud to wear your logo. And as a leader, you know, what are you doing to make sure that that culture exists? That, you know, they want to have that. They're proud. You know, they're not going to like, oh, I'm going to wear this polo today. No, you want them to be putting on that organization polo because they're proud to be part of that organization. And mm. if people don't feel that way, you as a leader need to figure out what's going on. Why? What can you change in a positive light to make people feel that way? Yeah, no, I've known that firsthand from in previous lives working for different companies, maybe some of them that don't have a great reputation or don't have a good culture. And you're almost embarrassed to wear uh, that uniform in public or at a trade show because the culture's bad and then the the team starts turning on each other and they're it's just a nasty fit and you're not really motivated to go out and in fact you probably lose less no matter how great the team members are when they're not working as a team and that's all culture i heard uh, actually at the west point graduation recently about their row team in the past um where they had these world class athletes on the varsity, stronger, more experienced, better individual rowers, but didn't have good chemistry. And the JV team was beating them legit, like faster. And they were all worse athletes, but together they were in sync. They had good chemistry and they were beating the varsity. And the coach was trying to take some JVs and mix them with the varsity. And they didn't want to, because they didn't like some of the varsity members. They were mean, they were cocky. So it was just funny how, uh, how culture, how important uh, that is to to building a brand, to winning, uh, to scaling. So, man, I'm glad you brought that up. Hey, Ryan, we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our platinum sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Tez Technology. Since 1993, Tez has developed innovative text-based mobile solutions designed to streamline operations, increase efficiency, and improve overall customer experiences. My favorite is the ability to pay for parking without having to download an app. Tez Solutions includes SMS valet, text to park, permit to park, and much more. I think every organization or city or university should be adding Tez to their payment options arsenal. Learn more about Tez at tezhq.com. All right, and Ryan, also apart from culture, we've also both, we've had this discussion just about, I think we're both storytellers and the importance of 
of telling an organization's story, the why behind what you do. You know, I just think that'd be great conversation for the, for the podcast. Can you talk a little bit about, um, about how important uh, telling and having a story is? Oh, absolutely. When you think about it, when you're, when you're a parking operator, and we all know this, you can do things right 99 out of 100 times. And that 100th time, customer could be parking on campus for five years, not one issue. And the first time they have an issue, whether it's your fault or their fault or whatever the circumstances may be, they're angry and you have to deal with that. But one of the ways, and this works both for customers and your team, is telling your story. And what I mean by that is it's really forms of communication. People, your customers are like, oh, you did this to me. And it's really about telling folks what you do for them. And by that, I mean, you know, does your organization have values and a mission and goals and a strategic plan? And if so, how are you communicating that? You know, letting your customers know that you're just not revenue driven, don't care about the customer experience. You know, like they think that that's the case. Oh, you just want my money, but you really want to de- de- deliver a great customer experience. But also, so your team knows what's going on, you know, getting them engaged, having them be involved. When I was at Penn State, we went through this exercise where we got together first as leadership and then we, did some like drafting, and then we went to the team and got input. But what was our mission? What are our values? What are our goals? What do we want to achieve? But then publishing that and making sure customers knew that, the team knew that, other organizations knew that. And what that does is, while customer might still be upset, I actually had customers that would say, yeah, I'm still angry. But I really appreciate you at least explaining to me why you're doing this. And, you know, and your team the same way. If you don't mm. let them know why things are going on or why certain divi- decisions are being made, you know, they don't understand, you know, what's going on. And, you know, that can impact culture, you know, and they may not feel like they can wear the logo or don't want to. So just it's telling your story and making sure everybody knows about it. Yeah, you're spot on. I uh, first thing I do when I used to hire employees is is especially specifically parking enforcement. Explain why parking enforcement matters. Why parking matters. Explain turnover, cruising, um, all the things that explain the story behind why we do what we do. Why they do what they do. And I'm telling you, it makes a huge difference when you're telling that story to your to your employees, to your stakeholders, to your customers. Um, and, and same thing, I've had people upset, hating parking meters. You tell them why they're there and they end up being the biggest supporters because it, it clicks for them. So I think a lot of people, specifically my generation, the younger generation, our generation that maybe don't like to have those, those maybe tell a story to an angry customer, want to hide behind an email, but getting in front of them, having those conversations are going to work wonders for your operation or your organization. And we talked earlier a bit about your background and as a Marine veteran, thank you for your service. Um, you know, are you involved with the veterans and parking? We've had him on the podcast before. I've talked to him several times, several other members that come to the conferences, uh, but I haven't necessarily been involved as I really need to be. Um, I know you, you've had mentors. I know one time when you messaged me about a 
conversation you had with a mentor about reaching out and setting up calls and uh, how important that is to seek out mentorship and leaders. But uh, what about just from the military or some of your other parking executive roles? What are some leadership lessons you've learned over the years you could share with uh, our listeners? Yeah, I'm one of those folks that I think I've learned as much over the years from witnessing bad examples as positive examples. You know, those ones where you go, I'm never, ever going to do that. I think, you know, yep. and none of these are like earth shattering, but just I think sometimes that people overlook or I don't want to be mean, but people really at the end of the day, they're only really supervisors, no matter what the level, because they just don't get it. But at the end of the day, really is like, you know, just absolutely at the core, doing the right things for the right reasons. I mean, yeah, everyone wants to do well, but like, you know, don't worry about promotions. Don't worry about like those types. Just do the right things for the right reasons. Take care of your team. Take care of your customers, you know, and, and things sort of go the way they need to go. I'm a very collaborative and communicative person. I probably communicate more than I need to, but that's just the way I am. But that communication and collaboration needs to go both directions. You know, your those, you know, your supervisors or their supervisors making sure they understand what's going on, what support you need, not being afraid to tell them what you need, but also, you know, making sure that your team understands what's going on, but getting feedback from them. I've never feared, and I, I'm sincere when I ask those, what can I do better? I, I used to, you know, at Penn State all the time, what can I do better to help you? And when you ask that question, sometimes you may get or something you don't want to hear, but you need to hear. But, you know, you have to have the courage yep. to, to ask that question uh, because I'm sure you, you've probably seen it. Sometimes when you ask that question, the people don't believe you, that you're actually asking that. They're like, what? You, you actually want feedback from me? <laughs> yeah. Or even kind of what, hey, what can I get you to make, help you do your job more efficiently? And you'd be surprised by, you know, the eyes lighting up, like, you know, and they would ask for something so simple. It'd break my heart. Like, you know, I could really use a new tape roll or just something, a cashier, you know, I could, it'd be nice to have. Uh, this, this would help me speed up this because I do this. And it's like, hey, no problem. I'll get that next time I go to Staples. And then they act like it's, you know, it's their birthday when you when you bring them this little thing that's going to help with their job. Or, yeah, and you know, what? hey, what can I do better? Or even efficiency, you know, what, hey, what can we do better? Any ideas? And I remember one guy, we'd have problems exiting the garage after a big uh, basketball game, you know, three nights a week. And and he said, you know, if we, he said, I thought about it. And if we put cones here and reverse people out, both the exit and the entrance this way, we could really speed up. And sure enough, we tried it. And man, we got so many compliments that we could exit the garage in 15 minutes when previously it took an hour. So it's just, I love that idea of, of, and I've learned that from the best leaders. You're right. That what, how can I be a better leader or what can I better do to support you? Uh, one company that I, um, that I really admire in the parking industry. Uh, he said, every day the executives have a meeting saying, what red tape are you experiencing that we could help eliminate? So then the regional managers and managers would say, 
I've been waiting for this legal review for two weeks and it's going to mess up this sale if I don't get it done today. They would make a call, get it done that day. It's every day. How can we cut the red tape? How can we support our field? And I thought that was really cool to have systems like that. So, uh, man, great stuff, Ryan. I really appreciate it. Uh, any any other uh, ideas or tips on on leadership, Ryan? Yeah, two quick things. Like the use of words is so important. Like when you're sitting with a team member, you know, if it's a, a rounding, a one on one, a catch up, or something, you know, at the end, saying what questions do you have instead of do you have any questions? You know, one's inviting, the other one, they're almost like, oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to ask any questions. So by using those words. You know, when you're talking to somebody, and this can be a customer or whatever, but especially your team, you know, not using the word but. You know, if you're going to provide some feedback or maybe like, hey, what about this idea? Instead of saying but, you know, words are however, or have you considered or have you thought about this? Just think, because, you know, when people hear the word but, it's, it comes across so negative. Well, I've, I've even been told to anything said before the word but you can ignore, like, Hey, Ryan, you're a strong employee. I appreciate this and this, but and then you kind of know, okay, they're just saying that because they're about to criticize something. So it's almost, you're right. I think of eliminating that word. Uh, yeah. What else you got for us, Ryan? And I think one other thing, sort of like a pet peeve, but just, I saw it in the military, you know, military is obviously different uh, because, you know, people's lives can be, but I've seen it in the parking industry as well. The The philosophy that I'm just telling it the way it is. Well, I believe in that. What I don't believe in is people using that as an excuse to basically put professionalism, respect, common decency, empathy to the side. I mean, it doesn't matter how maybe disappointed you are an employee, how angry you are an employee or something. You can still tell them what they need to hear what needs to be said and still do it in a professional, respectful way with empathy. Like if you're, they're being terminated because of something they did. But you know, when, when I see or observe people basically thinking that telling it like it is gives that person the right to basically act however they want to, talk however they want to, it, it's just so terrible, so demoralizing and, uh, yeah, just leaders should never, ever do that. Yeah, no, that's that's great advice, Ryan. I love, um, I don't know if you're like me, but I listen to all the podcasts or TED Talks, anything about leadership I love getting my hands on. So those are some great feedback. Um, uh, before we jump off, I know you're also CAP, CAP certified. Um, I'm on the CAP board. This is very important to me. Tell our listeners about your experience getting CAP certified and how it may have helped in your career. Yeah, I I, I love cap i went when you still had to go all the courses in person and you know i understand why they've sort of modified that some because there's people who have years of experience you know and just don't have the time to do that but for me and getting to spend 10 to 15 days over two two and a half years with the same group of people you know building those bonds those people to this day almost nine years removed are still some of my best friends in the industry. When you see them at the conference, it just seems like yesterday. So, you know, I recommend, you know, the CAP gives you a certain level of uh, experience and knowledge and recognition. 
But, you know, if you have the opportunity to build those relationships, uh, you know, it's just so valuable. Their peers can be, you know, you can have off the record conversations, getting advice, and it's, and you can just share things and you don't have to worry about that being used against you later. And because it's off the record, but absolutely worth it. And especially if you can build those relationships. No, absolutely. Change the trajectory of my career, just getting me exposed and getting to the IPMI conference, meeting people, joining committees. I can't recommend getting CAP certified enough. I usually say, how can we learn more about Parker? But we just have had a commercial about them. They are in the show notes. They are in our website. We retweet a lot of the Parker uh, technology posts and reshare them. So I know our listeners can find Parker technology. So Ryan, when you're not helping improve parking operations, customer service, what do you like to do for fun? Big workout person, have a gym downstairs, learn during COVID that I was never going to be caught off guard again without uh, having the ability to go downstairs and work out. Mm. Big into uh, NHL hockey, Carolina Hurricanes, Formula One. By the time this actually uh, airs, I will have been with my wife over in England for Silverstone Formula One race. So big oh, into wow. travel, Formula One, and you know reading, but and also just quiet time. Sometimes just you know just listening to nature and just unwinding. But uh, yeah, mm. what kind of what kind of workout equipment you have in the basement? What kind of workouts you like to do? Uh, free weights, have treadmill, elliptical, a bike, have mats, a bench, uh, have a, I don't know the brand, but one of those machines that you can pretty much do everything. I, I'm smart enough to realize that the days of the heavy weights are way behind me, nor do I want to even try that, but pretty much have everything downstairs I need. And you know, if I'm not out, you know, putting some miles on the road with my, with my feet. I love it. Same thing. After COVID, I did get a barbell and some things, but I still like going to the gym more so than anything just to get out of the house since I work from home. But uh, uh, I'm a big uh, fitness guy as well, and I love to travel and read. But I uh, haven't got into Formula One racing, but uh, there's a show on Netflix that I'm I'm hearing I should watch, but uh, that's awesome. And have a safe trip, safe travels. And Ryan, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thanks for Parker Technology. Um, and your involvement in the industry and your service uh, to our country in the military. Ryan, have a great week, man. Thank you, Isaiah. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on with you today. Yes, sir. See you soon. This episode is brought to you by RiseTech. RiseTech's Verge data analytics and reporting platform delivers a powerful management solution with integration to your existing technologies. I've actually seen this, and it's pretty cool. I hope you check it out. Learn why some of the largest cities in the United States, such as New York City, are using RiseTech to solve their parking and transportation challenges at risetechglobal.com forward slash parking podcast. Just wanted to drop a quick word that we have some really cool t-shirts and other merch for sale that help support the podcast and make you look really, really cool. Check them out at parkingcast.com slash swag or click the link in the show notes.